This is Overture, the Prelude Podcast. Welcome to the Prelude Podcast. My name is Christopher Willis, and I'm a principal security researcher here at Prelude. And I'm Sam. Um, I am a security engineer uh, at Prelude. Uh, today, it's just going to be uh, me and Sam. We're going to talk about uh, Conti and APT29 and maybe go into some more like Russian type stuff. So it's going to be hopefully an interesting podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff on Conti and APT29 recently. Um, so uh, our security team has, has uh, pushed out quite a few chains on Conti um, doing the full Conti attack from beginning to, to end. Um, and then we've also been releasing some APT29 stuff. I think next week um, will be our last week on APT29, I believe. Uh, but we've released like, I think, uh, five or six different chains so far on APT29. Um, so we've got uh, a bit of um, things we've been working on through that, and we thought it would be interesting to talk more about it. So. Um, yeah, uh, I guess we can start with Conti and, and how that, uh, has been going yeah. <laughs> or how that went. Um, yeah, the, the, the whole Conti <laughs> thing, um, that one was pretty fun, especially cause, uh, they, uh, we have talked about it before, but like, man, the, the, the research on the threat Intel on that one was, that was by far one of the roughest things to like read through. Cause just cause the, um, yeah. The translations of the documentation was like absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, it had me like Google translating quite a bit of stuff to try to figure out. Yeah, and and so I mean, what's what's interesting is that most of that uh, that playbook. So I think what we're talking about is the Conti playbook, which is out in open source. You can totally go and find it. It's all over GitHub. Um, and so um, the the playbook itself it was already used Google Translate and it's so badly done on Google Translate. And it shows one reason why we just need like better translating capabilities. <laughs> um, but also too, it, you know, it, it shows, I think, uh, some of the level of sophistication that um, Russia had when Conti was released, because um, when you look at that playbook, it's not necessarily obvious, but I think for people in uh, you know who who speaks Russian or knows Russian or speaks Ukrainian knows Ukrainian, it's definitely suspect and maybe even a little bit obvious that this is a Ukrainian that is writing this documentation and translating it in broken Russian, uh, which is uh, a bit interesting. The the way. Russia has worked in the past that's not necessarily working for them now in terms of cyber capabilities because they relied a lot on their, uh, well, not necessarily partners, but they were relying on other people outside of Russia to provide mm -hmm. them security services and cyber capabilities. And they would bring them into Russia, basically allowing them to make way more money. Um, and now that they're, they're seeing the consequences of uh of of what happens when you do that <laughs> um but yeah the, the conti playbook is so hard to read um and what's interesting too and i know that you ran into this sam is that uh some of the attacks that were shown in the playbook were oh, yeah. completely wrong right so like they had things in there that was like that that doesn't work <laughs> um so it's 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 the the playbook in itself is it quite really interesting. Was. I mean, because like, I, I mean, I don't know what the expectations are like when when you you see like a, a malware product manual in essence of what it was, right? Like, is like it, it went into like what what to look for once you're on the network and all of that, and it's like like you would think that it would either just be like nothing and like everybody was just like knew how to use it, or there was like a legit like. SOP as like we would call it in the States, right? Like, which is like, like bullet points, you know, number one, number two, not, this was like a, it looked like some like a blog post almost that was like just put into a, a document in essence. And yeah, it was just like, yeah, like you said, like there wasn't like any, 
like, like I know in, for what I can speak for where I like used to work and stuff that a lot of the documentation and stuff like legit gets vetted over and over again, right. To make sure that like operators and everything like that, um, are, the commands do exactly what they're expected to do exactly. Like what, what gets yeah. logged, everything is there. And like, that one was like legit, like wild west slash, like, like I said, like, like I found this new tool. Let me just try to use it. Oh, well, here's a small blog post or something on, you know, what, what should occur. And yeah, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Writing that documentation <laughs> is uh, quite awful <laughs> from experience. Uh, it, there's tons of vetting process and then there's just so much documentation that has to be done. It's not just like, Oh, do these things or whatever. Like there's knee cards. There's like, operational handbooks there's it goes into so many different things and some of that stuff even overlaps um and so there's a lot of uh, scrutiny that goes into documentation uh at least on our side <laughs> uh so those things don't yeah, exist and, um, and, um or at least at least bad bad material yeah, doesn't yeah, exist i think I that say. actually i mean it kind of touches on the point that like hopefully we don't be, we don't digress too much on it but it it does point to the differences between how we see cyber um, as the U.S. and how um, other countries do, right? And it, and that's the thing is like, if you look at like the United States and how they deal with um, just cyber warfare, warfare in general is they always attempt to map it to some other domain that like is already out there. And I feel like it's put us behind some because it, it's like, it, it actually takes me back to like when I was in the Air Force, like, legit like a i don't know three three star general i think he was in and he was talking about like the new cyber stuff and like he he went on and on and about like how it's like a different domain how we don't know much about it and how it's all new and everything like that and then legit followed it all up with and that's why we're applying the air the um air domain to it and it's like you legit just said it's like <laughs> nothing else it's not like the and then you said you're going to try to fit it into a framework that is not like anything else. Like, and, and I think Ru like Russia, China, like you look at them and the way that they do their operations and they realize that um, very quickly that it isn't like anything else. And that's why there isn't a, like why try to fit it into something that we knew previously. Um, it, it, it's just like, you know, th there's a lot of stuff that, that it goes into that I think we'll end up learning as a country in the long run on how we have to deal with it. Um, but it, it, it's going to take, I think, a, well, we've already seen a few of the bigger attacks that occur to where we start having to change our game plans and our definitions of everything. Like in the U.S., we kind of like shoehorn a lot of cyber capabilities uh, and, you know, every single branch <laughs> has a cyber capability. Um, and it's almost needed to where it's almost its own branch in itself. Oh, yeah. It could literally be its own branch in itself, and it probably would work it, way better. Better than the was. space branch. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having having our own space branch does, I think, it, you know, we, we, mm -hmm. we laughed about it at first, um, and it was a, a funny thing. Uh, but I think it, overall it's worked <laughs> out quite well. Um, so it has. Yeah. The outside it has and it, it's just <laughs> it it annoys me that uh we were so quick to have that roll through like if you actually look at like the the planning that went into like standing up an entire new you know military branch in essence i mean granted the way they did it is they kind of took the cop out and put it under air force slash like you know it, it was weird yeah where it was was where it kind yeah, of was. Yeah, I think, right. At the and, and that anyways. was the thing is like, but they yeah. they went through so much to do it, and it, it actually went through quite fast, much faster than anything else bureaucracy wise in in the United States. Um, but it's like you still have cyber just left like like the the you know unwanted child or something, even though everybody does want it. Yeah, that's what's yeah. like like you said, like every branch has their own cyber stuff, and they all have expertise in certain areas, which is kind of strange. Like you know, I when I think of um, you know, military operations. Mm. I think of the yeah. Navy as like the managers, and I see the the uh, Air Force guys mm -hmm. as having the cool stuff and the nice stuff. And I see the Marines as doing like yeah. some real hardcore stuff. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like 
everybody has it and they all kind of specialize in certain things. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that it's almost it, like it, it, I don't see how anybody can look at what we're doing from a U.S. cyber perspective and say, yeah, yeah. that's not a branch that everybody should have their own capabilities yeah, and, here. <laughs> and I think it came down to the, the fact that like, it, you've kind of seen that, I guess that I'm, I'm one of those people. It's like you either merge all branches together and just have like military or you completely segment them out. Like the, having this in between causes a lot of, um, they, everything's based on funding and everything. Right. And then you look at this and it's like, there's a reason why like right. Marines don't have like some of the stuff that air force does have. And that's because of their funding. Right. Like they're small, like one of the smallest things. And yeah. it's like, they don't deserve that. Like they deserve just as much funding that's needed to get the mission done than anyone else. Um, and it, like I said, it's one of those things. It's like either combine the entire pool or completely segment it out and go back to like Navy is, is C, you know, air force is air and like, like, and then have yeah. cyber as <laughs> cyber, like, because that's the thing, right? Like it, it doesn't actually fit into any of those domains that were previously there. And they noticed that with space. And that's what I like. I, I was actually kind of expecting when the space thing occurred, like when, when space command was getting set up that like, why wouldn't they legit just bring cyber space into it as well um which i think there was talk of it but it didn't yeah. go through yeah that would have been a, an interesting thing if they did that because space the space force in itself is quite small um and so if you bring in cyber under space force that would have made that a much bigger branch and also probably would have allowed mm -hmm. for much bigger funding opportunities for the entire force there instead of it really you know space is one of those things and that especially within the United States, that it all depends on who is sitting in the seats mm -hmm. uh, of Congress and the Senate, uh, whether yeah. it gets funding or not. Um, and um, it would be interesting uh, had they put cyber under that. And there's probably still some good, uh, some some good reasons to to still do that. Um, so. Maybe they will yeah. at some point. And not to go too far <laughs> off, I guess, the, the whole, because APT29 and what the topics were, it was just like to tie that back into like all of this is like, like I said before, like with, without us um, being able to clearly describe cyber in a war wartime environment, you get into these areas where we don't know our own capabilities because there's no, there's no, like, right. there's no definition of what it would look like if a cyber attack actually took place. And that's coming from someone who spent quite a bit of years in military cyber and just how much like we change documentation all the yeah. time and how much we like changing tools all the time. You change everything a lot. And the, that eventually, you know, it's jarring, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> And the thing is, is, is it takes so long to get that stuff passed anyways through every, yeah. through all the channels that by the time it does get passed, it's already outdated. Right. And like, and once again, that's because we're going through the same channels that everything else did. And like, I mean, like if you look at like, like futuristic, like uh, fighter jets, things like that, like those aren't going to change that much within a certain amount yeah. of time. Right. Like that's, that's, that's technology of, of a physical component. It's like, but like when you get into tech, like, I mean, there's the, something that just got passed through, you know, like six months ago is now outdated because right. something else came out. Yeah, I mean, I, even from but. the contractor side, like from a contractor side, looking into military operations, like they tend to buy the same tools all the time. They all look like mm -hmm. you just change them up just a slight bit and then you sell it to another, you know, branch or whatever. And so now you're, you know, splitting, you're splitting the same tools around. Um, and there's also this, you know, of buying capabilities to put them on the shelf and then just sitting there. Right. And as you say, like <laughs> things get outdated yeah. so oh, quickly, yeah. so you can't just buy things on the shelf. Uh, but there's also this drastic need for capabilities. And so you're always constantly on this, this, uh, hump where you need capabilities yesterday <laughs> and you're building mm -hmm. new stuff now. Um, and, uh, there's this desire, there's, there's so much desire for this stuff that they're just willing to buy the same thing over and over and over again. 
And mm-hmm. it's also making it to where this is going way down this path, but it also makes it to where there's less innovation. I feel like that's going through these things because oh, yeah. the desire is so high to have something yesterday that they can take absolutely no risk in innovation. Um, and so mm-hmm. they just, they know it works and they've done that for a while. And so they're just like, I want this thing and I want it to make, I want it to have these capabilities and that's all I want. <laughs> um, and so you're not getting anything new out of that because there's, there's nobody who wants to take on the risk of, you know, cause the moment that, 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 you know, Colonel or, um, or Admiral or whoever is buying that product, uh, devotes that money, that money is, is, is gone. Um, so if it doesn't work out, it doesn't mm-hmm. work out. And now they don't have the capability that they needed yesterday. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And, and I think that points to like the type of attacks that we see, um, stuff like cozy bear and fancy bear doing is like they're very um like, like if when you look at like we'll go to solar winds when when you look at solar winds and you look at how it occurred and and just the like i don't want to say novel because like i mean supply chain stuff isn't necessarily novel but the way that it they did it and how it was so widespread was something that like capability wise, I don't think people ever took into account. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and you saw that with, with the, all the targets that, that were, um, targeted during the, the solar winds attack and how it was everywhere and how like people don't understand, like, right. Like if, if you're looking at it, it's like, okay, you want to get into these like networks that have trained people to sit there, right. Looking at sock screens and all of that. And, and you have all of these things. It's like, well, what's the easiest way to get in there, right? Well, you, you take something yeah. trusted. And and using that type of an attack, right, is is absolutely um eye-opening, I think, to to the hopefully it, I mean it is to the US and the way that we deal with um um like I said, like what what is considered cyber war, right? Like, I mean, when they did that, right, like like the amount of like government consumers that were affected by that the by solar winds, like is that not considered like an act of war? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and I think too, is like, even for cyber people outside of, you know, military, military government contracting, anything that like outside of, uh, of the touch of, of military stuff, it was probably a surprising event for solar winds. Right. But for people in the know, I don't think that that was surprising at all. Mm Well, so, it, but I mean, that's the thing, right? Is like, like I said, like, what, like, when do you declare something like that? Like, just like, think about it, right? Let's get away from cyber for a second and let's go back to traditional domains and say that um, 40 bases in the United States all had somebody walk into them and um, essentially start doing recon inside yeah. of them. Would that not be considered like all from like one country? Like you would be like, okay, yeah, Russia invaded like four, 40 of our bases. Like that wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, slept up, right. slept under the rug, <laughs> and, you know, chill, chilling. And it's like the that's once again because we don't have a definition of what it, what like on a scale of like how bad yeah, was there's that. There's no right? scale in cyber capabilities, right? I mean, you can destroy yeah. things as destroying yeah. th- something like. <laughs> I, I in that, but we kind of pinhole ourselves into that as well, right? That like the effect is different, right? And it's kind of like a gentleman's game if you're not doing one of the four Ds yeah. or yeah, like if you're not destroying, degrading, but if you're just kind of, you know, sitting there perusing while you're inside, it's like, I don't think people put enough um, uh, monetary value on the type of information, yeah, right? Like, cause like, that's the thing is like, I always look at it like when you're, when you're an attacker, the amount of money you need to spend to do research on a certain attack while targeting some specific specific thing needs to have a return on investment, right? Like I'm not going to sit there and write zero days or do some like novel attacks on uh, inf- on like a system that has, you know, not a high monetary value yeah. of information on it. In the amount of the inter- the return on investment that they got with solar winds 
is <laughs> yeah. is insane, right? Yeah. Like the you you didn't have to do any like huge like like I mean it was a it, granted they've never came out and said like specifically, but the thought was that like right there was like a repo, unsecured repo or something, and that's how they actually did it. Um and you can't um like we don't we don't like look at the monetary value of the information that we have on those government networks to where we were like, why does SolarWinds even have to be on this network, right? Like, like do you know that like all of every product you put on should be yeah. vetted? I mean, it normally is. It normally goes through some sort of like uh, accreditation and validation routines, um, but they they never look at like one small product like that could completely take over that network and all of the information and all the value that that information has on it is now yeah. gone. It, like it created a risk that I don't think that the majority of people, like it was probably a decision made at higher up levels that said, Hey, this thing we want it everywhere and not necessarily realizing mm -hmm. like this creates a risk and uh, not knowing what that risk is. I think there's been a lot of wanting or desire uh, to have some type of risk landscape <laughs> that uh, higher up military mm -hmm. uh, people can see and say, hey, like there's more risk here or whatever. It's hard to calculate and probably will ne never fully uh, material <laughs> materialize. Um, but that's that's that reason, right? Because they just didn't know. know. Like in the way that they do it, the way they that the way that the government does that, right, is just strictly by normally classification, right? Like, that's it. Like, that is how you describe your network. Like, like this is this is not unclassified. This is secret. This is top secret, blah, blah, blah. And they, there's no in between. But what people don't realize is that, like, right, like the, the unclass, I've seen stuff on unclassified systems and everything like that, that are <laughs> way, way worse than anything I could see on, on a, on a classified yeah. network, right? And yeah, it's just like like you said, like there needs to be some sort of landscape or some sort of modeling that can occur that you can be like give a monetary value for the type of information yeah. on your system. I mean, that's what we do um, sort of in the commercialized space, right? Like there's a monetary value to mm -hmm. win, not necessarily from an intelligence standpoint, but a monetary value certainly mm -hmm. um, if someone uh destroys or degrades uh their capability or their their network in some degree um and so yeah and they normally assign it like operating costs right. and stuff like that right like how long is my operate like like how much money will i lose for my network being down but like you said like that doesn't describe the information yep. right like and i think one day we'll we'll be able to do that quantify it or qualify it in some way that um, we, we can come up with that. Yeah. Imp but. Information is almost, I think more expensive than in some degrees. Uh, oh yeah. Just destroying say, a a box or destroying some type of capability. Um, even destroying tools that we have, like tools can be remade. So it's not, it's not oh, a yeah. big deal, <laughs> but the intelligence is always going to be there. No, 100%. Right. Like if you look at it, right. And you look at like an APT or whatever, like granted ransomware has a very specific, targeting uh framework for for doing it right because the monetary value is not going to be necessarily information on the system the monetary value that they're going to receive is for what people not fear almost but like like it's funny like if you look at a lot of the the blackmail emails and all of that yeah. that's come out right is essentially that we will leak and tell people that you got hacked right like <laughs> yeah. if you don't do this or stuff like that like not necessarily and that alone is enough for a company to go out and just go crazy and pay pay them off like oh you know keep it quiet like i remember like uber and a few other things that like they, like they went under the radar with attacks that had occurred and just released years yeah. after um and it's funny they there actually has been a little bit of like monetary value i guess associated with information because like if you look at the credit bureau hacks and stuff that occurred like with the apache Strucks back dang how long man i'm old now um but um but if you look at that right like i think if you were you could have like got part of the lawsuit or whatever and they give like five cents for every customer <laughs> or something like that like, like absolute like outrageous amount like you're telling me my information is worth five cents i doubt that like like you know granted i guess some credit might be worth five cents but like there's there's definitely people on there that that information was leaked in that kind of stuff that 
their information was worth right. much more than that. But all they did was ballpark it. They divided by everybody on there and like, oh yeah, it's about five cents. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy how how little we va- like value in information um, in the. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like people working in cyber value information less. I think I think there's a lot of people in cyber that would value information way above. But uh, just as a general mm-hmm. whole in the United States, we value information quite low. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at our privacy system. <laughs> um, and, and so to, to, to go a little bit back uh, to where we were talking about Conti. Um, so all of the Conti uh, database type stuff of their conversations, things like that were, were leaked as well uh, during the, mm. the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. And I, I thought that that was quite interesting and quite telling because as we talk about how the U.S. does things differently, it's almost apparent um, especially working as a contractor at one point in time, um, that this group was more of a contractor-based uh, thing and less mm. military or intelligence-gathering operations. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, for anybody in the, the U.S., like, if you're a DOD contractor, you're not touching, uh, you know, uh, do, you're not doing operations um, or you're likely not doing mm. operations. Um, unless you have those specific capabilities, um, which would be very few and far between. Um, so for this to leak out and show how conversations were done, things like that, it's quite interesting that this was sort of, sort of like a, a, you know, a DOD contractor would, would be instead of a military entity. Um, and yet they were still, uh, gathering tons and tons of cash. Um, I mean, I think the mm-hmm. estimate is, you know, it's oh, quite yeah. large. It's in the billions. Um, and yeah. so, like, you know, just think of a U.S. government DOD contractor <laughs> just randomly did cyber operations to get billions of dollars. <laughs> um, that's essentially what this group was doing. And, I, you know, uh, not many countries, not just the U.S., but not many countries uh, would uh, even allow something like that to happen, uh, which is quite interesting mm-hmm. and definitely a difference um, in what people are allowed to do in, say, China or Russia, uh, that we just don't have that capability here um, at all. Um, yeah, and th- that's there's a problem with being a gentleman, right? With, <laughs> yeah. with it, right? Like, you don't get all the cool stuff. Um, like, like, you can be granted we have laws for a reason. Like I get that. Right. Like there's, there's definitely a thing. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, there shouldn't be laws on it. Um, But I think other nations take advantage of the fact that we are, that we do value laws the way we do. Um, And it's like I said, it's going to come to a thing that like either there's going to have to be laws that change um, during certain like wartime and during like things that we would announce as like, Hey, this is a national security issue with cyber, um, that we, we can't grasp the effects that us playing by the rules all the time, um, is, is going to eventually, uh, cause an yeah. issue for us. I think, you know, when we talk about rules, uh, I think, is it, is it safe to say title 10 and title 50, it, we we play a lot in that space, uh, but and on the, on the outside mm-hmm. of Title Ten, Title Fifty, of just allowing general everyday people um, things like you know even even for um, uh, Fortune five hundred uh, entities, uh, small business things like that, of doing things like hackback. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yep. hackback is if you were in Russia, I'm pretty sure you could uh, absolutely do hackback and you're, you'd be all right here in the United States. It's a no-go, at least for now. <laughs> well, because, I mean, that goes into the thing, right? Like, I mean, we have self-defense laws here in the States, right? Like, you have self-defense. And it's like, at what point do you consider that your network cannot, def- like, the, the using to the advantage that they know that you can't legally come back and attempt to, like, there's no repercussions yeah. for it, right? Is, like, I mean, other than, like, 
year long, like years long of law like that it has to go through, which we don't even have well-defined cyber law. <laughs> we'll be talking repercussions. Like that. It goes back to this whole thing of, of companies not saying like, hey, I got hacked and like not saying it, you know, then yeah. there's repercussions, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But it, yeah, there's no re- repercussions for the person attacking at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and And that's the thing is like, I think you would see a lot, um, granted it's getting different, uh, views, but it's like, you'll, you'd see a lot of, um, more targeted type things that occur because once you have, like, let's say that you had a, what's a good government, I'm trying to think of a con, like, there's quite a few government contracts that do like offensive tools and things like that. Right. And for them to come out and be like, we were attacked and we have launched, <laughs> you know, uh, X, Y, Z at these people or whatever, like people might like, you might not start getting targeted as much. Right. Like you might be like, wow, those guys, they actually, you know, defend yeah. themselves. Like, like they caused, they caused a monetary damage to the entity that attacked them um, would have people thinking more um, well, regarding it. But I, like I said, whether we ever hit that, I, mean, I, I think there was, there is some yeah, there's still, legislation. Yeah, there's been legislation that, right? on the on the floor pretty much every single year. <laughs> and it just seems to mm-hmm. never get far enough. Um, I think one of the things that kind of gets overlooked as well is if, um, you know, especially thinking about um, uh, financial institutions in particular, they tend to have a lot of money. Uh, to just throw things. Um, mm-hmm. They can't write bl- blank checks like the U.S. government, but they can pretty much, if it's if it's if oh, it's yeah. going to save them dollars, they're willing they're willing to do it. Um, especially more than some other bigger companies would that has the same amount of cash. Um, and and thinking about that, I think that if there was t- some type of hackback capability, um, it would drastically boost. Um, the level of sophistication in this country when it turns to offensive cyber capabilities. Legality right. of things, right? Like, like that's the thing. Is it like, well, how much can I get sued for if this goes wrong? And that's what those companies, like with the hackbacks and everything, yeah. are scared of. And it's like, they're like, they are scared that like, they, granted, like, let's say that you incorrectly attribute um, who attacked you, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you go attack somebody, like, oh crap, like, oh gosh, right? Yeah. Like the blowback on that, like, could be astronomical, it could be cost way more. And if you do a risk analysis, you'd be like, yeah, no, it's better off just not to yeah, do anything you didn't do about your it. due diligence. I, like, I get that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I get that. And, and I get that that is a legit reason for it, right? But I, I'm just the type of person that's like, I don't believe that that's a valid uh, enough reason. I don't think you should necessarily do everything on money. I think there's principles behind right. things as well. Right. And in that the U S government, like when, uh, even if a private agent, like a private individual gets attacked, right. Like, like, like look at it, like, um, Americans or something that get, um, trapped overseas. Right. And we do hostage rescues, things like that. Right. Because those are, those are American people, American entities. So what about when American business gets attacked by it? Right. Like if the government was to be like, okay, and now we're going to, launch an attack, a cyber, or like we're going to do some sort of, um, I don't want to say, um, not escalated, but, uh, an equivalent hack back, um, a, a because of hack. this private <laughs> entity. Yeah. Like, like, and once again, it, it's just like, I think it comes into the, the fear that like you attributed the wrong target or the fear that it's going to end up costing more money than yeah. what it did. Um, but if you look at it, when we needed to go rescue hostage and stuff, not many times is the government like, well, that's going to cost us yeah. too much money. <laughs> like, no, it's like they're American, you know, let's yeah. take care and of them. I think too is, you know, there, there is that notion of saying, well, you know, if a larger entity gets, gets hacked or whatever, that they should be informing our intelligence services, things like that, which is totally, yes, you need to do to do that. Uh, but the, mm-hmm. the counter to that usually doesn't materialize because there's just too much going on. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That just becomes a, you know, it's sort of like, it's almost like you get your bike stolen, right? The the cop is likely not going to go and try to find your bike. Um, they're going to tell you to go and, <laughs> and, and take it up with insurance. <laughs> um, and we happen to do, you know, have this, this thing that's called cyber insurance now. Um, and so, mm-hmm, yeah. unfortunately, it, it probably will turn into go talk to your insurance company. <laughs> yeah, and I, and the, I mean, the reason why, like, I get that it's not prioritized is like they consider not necessarily a victimless crime or whatever, but they consider it like a non-violent yeah. crime, right? And this thing is like, 
They, well, no one died, <laughs> right? Well, well, I mean, you, primary effects probably not, right? But what happens secondary effects if somebody, right, like um, identity or whatever, gets stolen, gets used for um, illegal, illicit activities online, and their entire um, reputation is yeah. ruined for it, right? And because of the reputation is ruined for it, it causes mental distress or something like that and could lead to other things. Like, like we don't ever look at those effects, right? Like, we don't care yeah. about those effects. Uh, and, yeah. So. But, well, we, yeah. <laughs> we went down yeah. a different road. So to uh, get a little bit back on topic. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we did all this stuff with Conti and... And so um, certainly interesting, I think, not just from the attack itself, from going from beginning to end, um, but also, you know, as we talked about, the, the playbook is quite interesting and we don't really show that part. So if if you are interested on in what Conti has done, I, I, I highly encourage you to go look at uh, the leaks that happened recently um, with their uh, chat services and stuff like that. Uh, there's tons of different, you know, write-ups and stuff about it too. So you don't have to go through the millions of chats. <laughs> um, but also just the playbook in general is, is incredibly interesting and, uh, shows their level of sophistication. I think even just having a playbook like that, I think is, is quite sophisticated. Um, even though it's, it's not as sophisticated as probably what it could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, there probably was more, uh, documentation somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you, you yeah, you at least hope. <laughs> um, but, uh, now kind of going into APT 29, um, so APT 29, uh, so cozy bear, uh, is its designation is quite interesting because, um, so I don't think that they've necessarily fully narrowed down exactly what APT 29 group is, but it's kind of safe to assume that it's probably intelligence gathering for SVR and, uh, the FSB. Um, but, uh, it's, Sam and I talked about this a little bit earlier before the, uh, for the podcast and that it's kind of hard to uh, talk about APT 29 without talking about APT 28, uh, which is, um, is fancy bear as its designation. And that's the military operation. So that's the GRU. It would be more considered like the DIA or the, the NSA type uh, group uh, here. Um, but uh, it's quite interesting about the AP 29 stuff. Uh, we've done a few chains on that so far. I think we've got like five or six, and I think next week will be our last chain with APT29. Um, Sam, I know you did some stuff on the APT29 stuff. Um, anything interesting of note? Yeah, no, I mean, so trying to think for the two chains, I think I was I did was uh, Polar Calm and Goldilocks. Um, the Goldilocks one was based on the DOD um, spear phishing email that occurred that went through and um, ended up downloading uh, a malware type. Um, I don't want to say binary because it was a, I think it was a document if I remember correctly. Were they targeting um, but, like yeah, certain like, people within DOD or just? Uh... It's funny because it wasn't a, it wasn't from from what I saw, it wasn't like a spear phishing. It was legit, like just a phishing mass email out to, you know, at whatever um, top level type DOD emails. Um, and the, well, first off, it was scary, I guess, the amount of uh, clicks that they got back because apparently, apparently people still click on uh, phishing yeah. emails. I don't know. Nowadays, I, I don't know. Like, it's hard for me nowadays to, to go into like when phishing stuff happens because it's like, you have to have heard about a phishing email yeah. by now, right? Like, like I get that, like maybe like mom and pops and like, you know, home stores and stuff like that, but like any, almost any, like at least military. <laughs> People are too trustworthy. Like you have to go, <laughs> it, right. Like you have to go through enough, uh, training, uh, like the, even if it's the cyber awareness training. <laughs> oh my gosh. Best thing that ever occurred to me was when I don't have to do that anymore. Um, but like you had to like, you are told over and over again, do not click the link, right? Like do like you get an email from somebody, let your, let your security officer know and like, don't click the link. Don't click the link. Apparently 
people still <laughs> click the link. Um, it, it, like, yeah, I think that was probably the, um, they, they actually ended up shutting down the entire, I think it was like, they shut down the, the actual. They, they shut down the server, it. right? To it. It's like, they, they completely took yeah. it down. because. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They completely took down like the the email system like, joint staff. I think yeah. So like during like the the fact that somebody could just mass spend like because that's the thing about phishing, right? Like phishing is cheap. Phishing doesn't take a lot um, to do, right? Like I mean, granted, whatever your payload is and everything like that. But the the act of like targeting is like I don't care, right? I'm just gonna throw it to everyone, and I will I will statistically get a cl- yeah. click back eventually, right? Like that's kind of gonna occur. Um, when statistics are in your favor. Um, yeah. Like, like that's the thing about it is the, once again, it's cause we don't have enough, uh, description of like what, what occurs when you're attacked. Right. Like, like if that was any other domain and like, you're talking about a government agency being targeted and like, attacked like we would be going crazy but it's like yeah it's just an email it didn't hurt anyone like uh, and yeah. two i don't think we have we don't have the proper training um i think or the necessary training oh, to be no. able to yeah. actually distinguish for someone who's not in the know or not somebody who's necessarily technical right <laughs> to be able to understand like this is what like these are the real like things you need to look out for from a phishing email and mm-hmm. actually providing them that level. Right. So like we talked, you're talking about the, the, uh, cyber training, which is, I had to do that as well. It's, it's oh, awful. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's so it's, bad. It's not so that bad. it's outdated, but it feels outdated. <laughs> and so like that, you you tend to just because you lump that in with all the other training you have to do, then it just becomes like mm-hmm. eh, I've got to do this and I've got five hours to do it, right? And so you just end up clicking through it or whatever, and you're not necessarily like you're paying half attention, maybe. <laughs> um, and if we actually yeah. provided somebody with the the ability to understand that because they like they're in that situation, but it, you know it's completely benign, I think more people would end up in a situation where they like okay yeah this is definitely a phishing email because i've i've received one before i know what it looks like right and this shows all the signs um instead of just telling people this is a phishing email this is what it looks like and and then giving them some pointers when they're only like halfway involved to be able to do that like real world training is extremely useful right because they as, as bad as it is, humans, like we remember when we screw up, right? Like, like you don't remember all the good stuff. You, you don't remember all the other emails that you click delete or, you know, mass delete on my inbox. That one email though, that you did click, that was the one that let somebody into your computer, right? Oh, You'll yeah. remember that. <laughs> I guarantee it. Right. Cause you're gonna have to go through enough paperwork to afterwards and all of that. Like, yeah, like you have to file the incident report, all of it. Right. Like you're going to lose your drive. Like that's what I used to do. Right. I, I would go grab people's computers, bring them up, pull the hard drive, you know, go through copy, then go do forensics on it. Like that's like part of the incident response. Right. And those people would lose their computer for however long. Right. And if they came up and like, where's my computer? No, like it was like, that's my computer now. Like you'll get yeah. it back when I'm done with it. Um, after I get my, my report done, you can have it back. Um, but have an email come and then you get that instant feedback where it's like, Hey, you clicked a bad email, like legit, like your computer would have been pwned. Definitely, I think is would be much more beneficial than me sitting there watching some 3D animation of um, somebody trying to give me like, there's a CD here. Do you want to put this in your computer? Like, no, I don't. Nobody uses CDs anymore. <laughs> yeah, and and so like, yeah, the I, I think. And at least the ones that we've been doing for APT 29 has been a lot of low hanging fruit type stuff. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, like the, the steganography stuff that I know that, uh, Seiji did. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, you have the democratic national committee type thing that we did as well. A lot of just low hanging fruit. Um, seeing if they can get in and seeing what they could get, um, yeah, which yeah. is uh, quite a bit different from the Conti stuff. Um, but uh, 
And I think also, too, I think it's worth mentioning that the difference between the Conti things and the APT 29 and 28 stuff is that there's a difference in there's almost a difference in capability because one is really just trying to they're doing national like intelligence type gathering type stuff and potential with GRU to like destroy or degrade information. Whereas the Conti group and and groups like that um, are primarily motivated by monetary gain. Um, and mm-hmm. that difference, so it might seem similar because they're 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 cyber attacks, but they are they almost require two separate sets of skills um, uh, to a degree. So it's interesting. Um, I think even some of the lower sophistication that the GRU and the FSB and the SFR, at least what they were doing in these particular attacks, how low a sophistication that was. But high high value, high value yeah, still. But yeah, and, and I, I mean, granted, I, I don't know the way they do their targeting and everything like that. But it seems like, um, right, like it, like it, it's the difference between like going fishing with a fishing pole and going fishing with a with a net, right? And it's like I think when you kind of just want to throw some of that stuff, like the lower uh, hanging fruit, like you're mentioning, like out there. You're like, well, maybe I'll get, uh, you know, someone that is actually useful and it's quite yeah. possible. Right. And a lot of that goes into the way that you can handle, um, the parsing of data when it comes back. Right. Um, and I think that's where you like majority of the sophistication for at least, um, external nation or like other nations is going to be like, that's where the government and their intelligence agencies are going to really step in is with that amount of information that comes back and being able to be like, okay, this is useful to us, right? Like you guys go ahead and do your thing. Okay. You want to, you know, target these people. Okay, cool. Like that. But this one entity that you got a call back on, they might be yeah. useful to me. Right. And from there, then you do t- you like exploit the information and figure out like where it all leads. Um, and yeah, like it, it's just, you, we don't even have, <laughs> something similar to that yeah. here, right? Like, like, like we don't use, we don't use cyber operations for that kind of stuff. And like, it's sad because I like, like, I think there's a lot of extremely smart individuals, right. In the States in that would love to be able to help national security and be like, Hey, I did get this call back to this one <laughs> thing that you guys might be interested into, right? Like, please don't persecute me and you know, stuff like that. Like, but, but you can't, right. You can't. Cause you're like, I was illegally breaking the law and <laughs> this might help you, but I'm going to go yeah. to jail. <laughs> right. Like, like, and that's the thing is like, it's hard because it's a very thin line, right? Like you don't want these, you don't want to breed these attackers that are going to go out and, you know, ruin, you know, stuff. But you also feel like there needs to be like an anonymous Dropbox yeah, yeah. or something. <laughs> like, yo, yo, I got this call back. Check it out. <laughs> It might be useful yeah. to you guys. Yeah, right? it, we we sort of do need something like that, and we yeah we don't. And um, <laughs> I, when I when I think about the Russian Ukrainian um, war that's going on now, and thinking about our cyber capabilities, um, one of the things that I definitely think about is like I think that there is a generalized notion, and it's been like this for a long time, that the U.S. is far behind in cyber. I don't necessarily believe that we're far behind in cyber. I do think that as we've talked about heavily today is that we fall behind or we falter in our uh, policies Policies. and legal (laughs) actions uh, that, that make us falter in some degree and make us look like, you know, we're not doing a good job when reality we, we we're doing quite well. (laughs) Um, But just thinking about the level, if, if everybody would like if all cyber people within the United States had a level of guarantee or assurance that what they were doing um, would be if you're if you're doing something that's good for the common good, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. holy smokes, would there be a <laughs> it would 
yeah, <laughs> it would be awesome. <laughs> but where you saw the funny part is, is like, if you look at like, not psychology behind it, but like you look at like other ways that this was actually similarly used, right. was the yeah. whole bug bounty program, right. Before like the whole bug bounty programs before it was like a wide known thing and all of that. Um, it was very much the same, right? Like people were out there randomly trying to do stuff. Right. And then they were like, company was like, Hey, you know what, if you get into our stuff, we'll pay you to do it. Like, right. Like, and that's the thing is like, it, it used that ingenuity that these people were using. Right. Cause like, that's the thing is like, everyone thinks that like hackers are these like extremely like bad guys that have these bad things. Right. Like a lot of it is curiosity. Yeah. Like, right. A lot of it is like, I don't know necessarily I'm, I'm learning. Right. And you might stumble upon something now. Don't get me wrong. There are bad as well, <laughs> but, but like, like you said, like you, there's no, there's no um, official way to, to turn that information right. in or anything like that, at least without it, you know, screwing you. Or, but so or the potential, just, right. You might come with something and you'll be fine. Yeah. And then other times yeah, it's yeah, possible, you right? wouldn't be fine at all. <laughs> yeah. And, and don't like, that's the thing, like, like you were talking about with like the whole thing, it is definitely a policy thing, right? Like, like I've worked in the government area for a long time um, before this and there's extremely smart people. We have extreme capabilities that are amazing. Like we have all of these things like in place. It's the handcuffing of ourselves on these, like I said, on like legal aspects and things like that, that just uh, is what could cause a, an extreme issue when I look at it, like in a all out warfare type um, yeah. setting. Yeah. So that's going to do it for this episode of Overture, the Prelude podcast. This is a little bit different, and that was just myself and Sam talking. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, let us know. Uh, definitely give us a like and subscribe if you like it. And uh, we'll continue back next week. There's a whole bunch of stuff from Prelude that we're announcing uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and, of course, uh, definitely be out on the lookout for our new version of Operator that everybody in the team has been working really hard for. Uh, so uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, Prelude out.